Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Govern the Buffalo Bills for our Odyssey Sports sister station, WGR in Buffalo, host of the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast. Man, Sal, thank you for making time for us. We know how busy it is this time of year for you with the draft happening tomorrow and you're bouncing all over the place and you're you're giving your time to so many different outlets. Uh, appreciate you making some time for us here in Rochester. Oh, yep. There so. we go. Sorry about that, Sal. We, ha- no, we didn't hear what you said there. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I said you're my favorite to, oh. to, to be on, to do all this with. I mean, I tell the same thing when I go on different stations. Yeah, I want yes, you guys yeah. to know that you're my favorite yes, when I do very, very I love good. you guys. You know that. Well, listen, thanks. So we're excited that we're going to see you in person uh, with everybody else coming up in July. But uh, tomorrow night, yeah. Um, yeah, the draft tomorrow night. All right. As far as the weekend and the bills here. How many starters would you expect the Bills to draft? In other words, week one, when we get to the 22 starters, 11 on defense, 11 on offense, where would you put the over-under on that? Two? Maybe three? You're saying start this year? Yeah. like is that, Isn't that the expectation? I, like that you should get a linebacker, you should get a wide receiver, and maybe somebody well, on the where, offensive well, let line. Me, let me ask you a question. If you get a wide receiver, where is he starting? Who is he starting for? Well, if you at, at pick 27, I guess that's the question. Like it would the expectation is the Bills would work that in slow if there is somebody they like at twenty seven because you wrote that piece about Gabe Davis here and I don't know that but I mean it, go ahead. the only place you could start at wide receiver is in the slot they already they signed Trent Sherfield they signed Deontay Hardy um, if you're picking a wide receiver at twenty seven I think it could happen um, but then what are you looking at then what is a linebacker in the second round starting I mean I think that it's a it's a tough question because they have a very good roster I think it would be it's tough to crack this starting lineup. I mean, what do we? What do they think about? To me, they still believe Terrell Bernard is their, you know, their linebacker. They drafted him in the third round last year. Um, are they trying to draft someone ahead of him? And that's an indictment on their own drafting from last year. So I, I don't think it's fair at all to say like they should come out with certain starters. I think they need contributors. That's for sure. And those guys play and they fill in for injured guys. And if they can win a starting job, that's for sure. But there's not many 
jobs open on this team. You can compete, but I think it would be a pretty good effort for players to start. I, I do think the one spot that you have glaring right now is middle linebacker, but I think there's a guy in Terrell Bernard they drafted in the third round last year who they really believe in that could win that job. Okay, Sal, so you're saying what we've had a lot of uh, you know draft analysts say throughout the course of the pre-draft process that the Bills are a hard team to mock because there aren't a lot of holes on this roster, but you mentioned it, and I've been saying it all offseason. When, when we learned that Edmonds was going to be gone, I do think that that leaves a hold. And, and Bernard may be nice, but physically might not be you know, a first round talent like what you had in Edmonds and certainly like what you might have in a guy like Jack Campbell. So is it an indictment of their pick from last year or is it just a a measurement thing where you look at this guy versus that guy and say, no, he's ready to be a starter week one if we take him in the first round? So I think what you have to do is you have to put yourself in the organization's shoes because fans look at it their own way, but you have to think about, and what I try to do in my job is tell fans Here's what I think the organization is thinking, not what Sal Capaccio is necessarily thinking as an observer, what I would do. It doesn't matter what I would do. It matters what the Buffalo Bills would do. So what we know is they drafted Terrell Bernard in the third round last year, knowing that Tremaine Edmonds was going into his contract year. That should be an indication right away that they wanted to bring him in and say he might be the starter after year one. He also played really well in training camp and preseason. Then he gets in the regular season plays one game, starts one game, I should say, for Matt Milano at at will, not at Mike, didn't look so good. But he played special teams all year, and there's no reason, to me, guys, there's no reason to believe that this team suddenly is going to bail on a third-round pick from last year in that asset and feels that he can't be the starter. If they draft Jack Campbell at 27, if they draft Drew Sanders at 27, they are themselves telling the world, we screwed up last year with our third-round pick. And I don't see that happening, to be quite honest with you. Have, when have you known, and this is a point that Joe Marino made in our station this morning, so I don't want to steal Joe's thought. It's a great thought. I've had it, but he said it well. So I'll say it, the, say it the way he said it. When have the Bills ever done that? When have they ever bailed on a player like that that early? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a good point. Sal Capaccio uh, joining us. Uh, Sal, the idea about trading down, and I, I think it's one of those, okay, it's easier said than done. I think what would help maybe if Hendon Hooker or some quarterback somehow falls on a team in the second round. I guess my question is this. Six picks entering this draft, would Brandon Bean, is that the preferred option, do you think, here, uh, to dra- to get more picks along the way here? I think that that's the ideal situation, guys. Um, they only have six picks. They they need – there's a few things at play. They're now paying their top end of their roster. Josh Allen, Von Miller, of course, Stefan Diggs, are signing Matt Milano, Deion Dawk. They have guys on big contracts, Tredavious White, whatever it is. So they need guys with cheaper labor to fill in, to contribute with lower-end salaries. Well, the more you can get of those, the better. They only have six picks, picks this year. So – I think that having more shots at that, to have more guys like that, would obviously you know, be beneficial. The other thing is, um, this is not a great draft for like top-end talent. I asked Brandon Bean last week, well, how many first-round grades do you have? Because generally teams, generally teams have about 20 to 22, let's say, somewhere in that. Could be a little more, could be a little less. You never get 32 first-round grades. It just doesn't happen. He said, without getting specific, it's not great. Hmm. That tells me they probably have like, what, 15 maybe? I mean, that's not a lot. So now you're picking at 27. You're literally dipping into the middle of your second round graded guys when you draft in the first round. 
Okay, so if that's going to happen, why not trade down, get more picks where you're getting more proper value? The draft is about value. Yes, there's good players. You want the players. But as Brandon Bean has pointed out himself, he has said this. He has said, if you take a player in the first round who you don't think is a first-round value, it's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the fans. They're going to expect him to be a first-round talent. He's not. The organization is. There's more pressure. You, you want to get the value of the player where he drafts. So, yes, I think all those things considered, I think that's the ideal scenario. The problem is, I don't know how many teams you have to come up. What has to happen is what you just said, which is right. Hennon Hooker's sitting there. Somebody says, we need the quarterback. All these other ones are gone. Or... You know, well, unless I guess Chris Collinsworth is right in the Chiefs draft and Hooker in the first round, which is ridiculous. I saw that mock. I mean, what are we doing here? Um, but I think that's the scenario where something like that has to happen. But to me, that's that's the the right scenario for 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 to happen out for the Bills, and that's that's what I'm hoping for. Like, I think that's the best scenario out there. I know, as the uh, emotion of the end of the season kind of like hit everybody, there was a, a player that kind of became polarizing, and I, I I believe it's a little unfair. But he did lead the team in drop passes. And you've done a good job, speaking of value, Sal, in laying out why the Bills view Gabe Davis the way they do. Because, let's face it, he is a value. But he is going into a contract year here. So tell me about, you know, it's clear that the Bills look at Gabe Davis differently than most fans look at Gabe Davis. And what do you think the future is for Gabe Davis, especially if you have the Buffalo Bills potentially looking at a wide receiver early in this draft? Well, I think it's interesting what Brandon Bean said last week, which was he said, we'll see an extension for Gabe and other guys like Ed Oliver who are coming you know, into their final year of the contract. They're going to basically let this, you know, let this draft play out and then see what they need longer term. So that kind of gets you to, okay, well, if they draft a wide receiver at 27, then they're basically telling you, okay, maybe that's our Gabe replacement. We don't have to pay him, what, $15 million it might be next year. I mean, you know, that's probably about – I think 12 to 15, somewhere in there is what he might get. Sure. And then, you know, we have a guy in a younger, on a, on a rookie contract. I don't think it has to be. It's not an either or proposition. They could still draft one and still extend, extend it, Gabe. But what if you don't? If you don't draft one, now you're still going, okay, yeah, Stefan Diggs is getting older. He's got a high price. You got a, a nice player in Gabe Davis. What do we have after that? A couple of one year guys. What are they? They're a little bit unproven in the league. You have to figure that out. And as far as Gabe is concerned, they love him. They love Gabe Davis. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to pony up to pay him because it could cost some money, but they love him. They love everything about him, his DNA, his hard work, his attitude. Um, everything that he does off the field is right. And then on the field, I think the reason I wrote the article at WGR550.com, if people want to go and read it, I would like them to check it out. Um, there's a lot of nuance to the drop stuff, right? Yes, he's dropped passes. I'm not going to deny that. But Gabe Davis also has literally the highest average depth of target in the NFL, meaning he's running further down the field, and that's harder to catch the ball. Then you throw in the elements in Buffalo, you throw in Josh Allen, who at times isn't the most accurate quarterback. I think he's a very accurate quarterback in general, but you know that can happen as well. So I think there's so much. They also ask him to do so much. He's the best blocker on the team. He's on the field for 85% of the snaps. There's so many things that go into that, that drop number that you have to kind of consider what Gabe has done, which is he's been the most productive wide receiver in the league who had been drafted in the fourth round or later over the last three years. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly that is kind of an eye-popping stat there. Another receiver that the Bills drafted uh, in the late rounds here, Khalil Shakir. Um, 
Sal, as far as like where he was last year, what is the ceiling? Because we do see the need here for somebody to to step in in the slot. It wasn't you know high hopes for McKenzie certainly, and that that didn't pan out. And uh, you know you had Cole Beasley coming back. I doubt the Bills will bring him back at any point. But what about Shakir and his ceiling? I'm wondering myself, like, what do they view Khalil Shakir as? Where, where do they view him? He's kind of like a bit of a forgotten man in all this, right? Like. He can play slot. He can play outside. He didn't play as much as a lot of people wanted him to play or thought he should play last year, including myself. He got, you know, he had that that big drop in the the Miami game, but he made he made some plays too when he was out there. But um, yeah, I, I wonder too. And you know, what what do they envision him? What's his role? And that could very well factor into how this all plays out. And look, if you're talking about wide receiver, there's some names. I mean, if Zay Flowers is there at 27 and the Bills draft him, I'm totally fine with that. Sure. Zay Flowers can be a really nice slot receiver and go in this offense. Um, obviously Jackson Smith and Jigba, but I don't think he will be. That would be the guy, like a dream scenario. Okay, you go and get him at 27, or if he's falling down the board, you want to trade up a few spots to get him. But otherwise, it just seems like the value in this wide receivers class, wide receiver class is in the second and third rounds, and it's a bunch of really slot guys. It's not a Gabe Davis replacement. Quentin Johnson would be that, but I, I think he's got a lot of question marks as well. Jalen Hyatt, he can play outside, but he's not – physically strong at all he's not going to help you in the run game he's just going to run straight down the field at this point so there's a lot of questions about this receiver group you can find guys but i don't know if they're necessarily worth 27 i don't like talking about it sal but but i know it's out there so i'm going to bring it up anyways and i don't know how you feel about all the noise around deandre hopkins and the buffalo bills i feel like you know deandre hopkins has a lot of people you know asking him about what this offseason is and he's mentioned the bills and he's mentioned the chiefs he hasn't mentioned how much money he's making he said he's not looking for a raise which is good because he's probably not going to get it next year what are your thoughts on the bills trading for d hop do you see that as even a possibility because it feels like he's i know that there's a way to get anything done if you really really want to get it done um you know i i still have questions about you know the the the, him being on the wrong side of 30 and the ped suspension last year i just want to get your thoughts on the all the d hop smoke that's out there well this goes back quite a ways and you had the um you know the social media cryptic posts and things like that the buffalo soldier and then you go back to the owners meetings and that's when pac-man jones had said originally that you know i know there's some stuff he said today too with the bills included but originally it was Bills, Chiefs, ja, Ravens, and Raiders, right? And then the Ravens signed OBJ. When I was at the owners' meetings, and I said this to show up with the Bulldog and everybody in our station on my show immediately, when I was at the owners' meetings, I kept hearing Chiefs. Like, don't, not saying he was going to go there, but people that I talked to in the league said, yeah, Chiefs are involved. Like, don't discount the Chiefs. They, this could happen. Brandon Bean was asked, we had a media scrum with him while we were there, about the Bills' interest, and he kind of brushed it off to social media being social media. You can't really trust a lot of what you hear on there. But, yeah, we're always interested in checking on guys, whether it's trade, free agency, if they're available. We're going to do that. But he kind of threw some water on that. In the meantime, nothing's happened. We still have no one shooting down the fact that the Bills are involved. In fact, it's even grown even more, and the Chiefs are still in it. So I do think that it could very well be those two teams. I still, based on what I heard at the owners' meetings, think the Chiefs are probably – trying to figure out a way to do that. But I think both teams are also in the same boat of, are they going to have a chance to draft a wide receiver in the first round? I mean, I've seen mocks today that have the Chiefs moving up. People in Kansas City think they could move up. They had a private workout with Zay Flowers with Pat Mahomes. Does that change the equation if they can do that? So I guess to answer your question, guys, I still think that there could be something there. 
But what are we talking about for compensation? What about a contract? He comes in, he's got to have some sort of, you know, rework deal, um, you know, because he's, he's a hefty price tag. There's questions about his age. I don't care. I think De- DeAndre Hopkins is just, he's a Hall of Fame receiver to me. He's, he's, he's incredible. At least if he's not now, he's going to be by the time his career ends. Um, you know, the compensation's big. Maybe that's why the Cardinals haven't done it yet. They want too much. But I don't think any team is eager to do it to give up anything early in this draft. So by the time the draft goes on, maybe you're sitting there on day three and you're like, all right, I mean the Cardinals, sorry. Um, and then you say, hey, Cards, you really want to do it? All right, well, guess what? We only have a few draft picks left. We're talking to Sal Capaccio, WGR, as the NFL draft tomorrow night. Bills with six picks. And if you had to just say by position where the Bills going to take, okay, the, you would expect them at some point this weekend to take a linebacker, a wide receiver, a defensive lineman, offensive lineman. I'd also throw in their tight end, Sal, because I look at Dawson Knox, mm-hmm. you have Quinton Morris. Here's the question, because not too many of these positions you could go at 27 and get the best of. But if something somehow Michael Mayer falls to Buffalo at 27, is that a smart pick? Would that be one you run up to the podium? Is that a luxury, really, the Bills, uh, knowing that they don't run that personnel all that much, a luxury they can't afford? Well, they've wanted to run the personnel. They've tried to run the personnel. And in fact, I'll say it this way. I think they actually have run the personnel a lot more than people realize. But what they did was last year, because they didn't have that tight end, they ran it with an extra offensive lineman. Yeah. They ran 12 personnel a lot last year. You know who the, the other guy was? It was Bobby Hart. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. It was yeah. an extra offensive lineman. It was an extra tight end. He just couldn't go out and he couldn't catch passes. Now imagine trading that with a guy who can go out and he, a guy who could really block, but also go and catch passes. Absolutely, that'd be a smart play. I mean, the Bills have been searching for this guy, guys. Let's go back. They Remember, they signed Tyler Croft several years ago. Then they signed Jacob Hollister. It didn't work out. Then they signed O.J. Howard. It didn't work out. Um, Brandon Bean was on Eric Wood's podcast, um, or someone from the organization might have been a, a while back, said that they looked into Kyle Rudolph a couple of years ago. Bean was on Wood's podcast again, talking about tight ends a few months ago. Like, I think that's absolutely in play. I think Dalton Kincaid is in play at 27. I think Darnell Washington's in play probably in the second round. They have been searching for a guy to be able to do that, to put defenses in a bind with his blocking, with his catching. Now, Kincaid's not the blocker. He's much more Mike Gusecki than anything else right now. He's, he's, he's leaner. He's not strong enough. But I think the Bills would be fine with having him you know, get onboard him into their strength and conditioning program and their coaching and say, look, we'll make him into a blocker. But in the meantime, he's going to catch passes for us. But man, Michael Mayer. Absolutely. I think he would check every box that they've been searching for at tight end as a compliment to Dawson Knox and to help out the offense. Uh, Sal, the uh, It's Always Game Day in Buffalo pod is always an interesting listen. You and Matt do a great job, and we know uh, how much we all look forward to uh, the Mike North episode when you get to talk schedule and making the schedule. Gino uh, and I spent some time with it and, and wanted to you know, kind of pick your brain and, and you know share some of the what we thought were the takeaways from that. Yeah, I mean, uh, like th- good refreshers like, hey, you could have six primetime games getting flexed to seven, the idea that you don't have to be, uh, every team has to be in prime time, that's also a refresher. So I'm listening, like, eh, the Bills and another Thanksgiving Day game at home? That's a wish, you didn't say that, but you're, you're just kind of your takeaways here uh, from that. And I, again, I would expect the Bills to be five, six times in prime time this season. Yeah, I appreciate the plug. Uh, people can find it, um, obviously, in the Odyssey app, iTunes, Spotify. It's also on my YouTube channel, Sal Sports on YouTube. You can watch the video of the uh, the podcast of Mike North, who was doing the whole thing from his car while his kids were at soccer practice <laughs> for 80 minutes. It was amazing. Wow. And we were so thankful for him to be able to do that. Um, 
yeah, they're going to get a lot of primetime games. He was asked directly, and he's like, yeah. So Matt said, is there any fatigue with the Bills in primetime? He said, full stop, no way. Like, they're getting a lot of prime. We're going to be living this life for a while, guys. We lived the 1 p.m. Sunday life for a long time. Now we're going to be living the non-1 p.m. Sunday life for a long time, as long as the Bills have Josh Allen and they're in contention here. Um, I think he actually kind of hinted and made it maybe even a little clear they will not play on Thanksgiving this year, but they are very squarely in the mix for the Black Friday game, the day after Thanksgiving this year. I think that's what stood out to me. He said kind of like he he didn't say it's ruled out, but three out of the last four years, yeah, maybe not trending that way, but the Black Friday game, they want a good game. They Amazon paid a lot of money, man, and they want to give the Amazon what they paid for. They're going to make sure that that game this year is not going to be behind a paywall. It's right. going to be a free game. It's going to be in the afternoon at some point. They want a good game. They want to give Amazon that. They want to give viewers that the launch of the first Black Friday game. He mentioned Kansas City, Buffalo, Philadelphia, Cincinnati, all those teams. They all play each other. Most of them, you know, um, that's right there. So there's a lot of stuff in there about that. The London stuff we talked about, um, you know, I think piecing things together, looking at stadiums over there. I project maybe that London game is going to be like week five or six, somewhere in there. It's been week four through seven usually in the past. Um, we'll see who the um, the opponent is. Um, you know, I know he talked about how like the Broncos said, hey, we wouldn't mind going over there. Even though we were there last year, Sean Payton said it was good bonding experience. Could that be them? People thought about the Raiders. I wonder if they have Jacksonville go back to back. They have to play in Buffalo this year, and they always do a London game themselves. There's a lot of possibilities. So, yeah, those are some of my takeaways. It was a really interesting conversation with all that. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too, because like the question was, why don't we have more divisional games? And the answer is, well, <laughs> teams are kind of asked, hey, which of the games would you give up here on your home field to move it across? And certainly from a Buffalo standpoint, Sal, I'd be shocked if Brandon Bean said, yeah, you know what, we're okay with that uh, Dolphin or Patriot game going overseas. Yeah, I mean... I agree with you. It's exactly that. That's why you haven't seen a lot of division games. You have. There's been a few here and there. But what they basically do, and the way Mike said it, and of course I'm revealing here, but man, there's 80 minutes worth of stuff. I can reveal a lot and still there's a lot of stuff for people to listen to. He said they go to the team and say, like, who would you like to play? Who would you not like to play? But that doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. They just give suggestions and what the team is thinking. And then they say, would you like to have your bye week after? That's something we learned, too, that teams now have their choice if they want the bye week after the London game. They don't have to take it. It's up to them. Mm -hmm. They can get it then or they can get it another time. And then they go to all the teams possibly on your schedule and say, okay, you might go to London. What do you think about that? And some teams are, ah, we don't want to do it. Um, Yeah, we want to do it. You know, And that will alleviate some of the problems they might have with kind of you know, making teams and organizations mad, but everybody's going to get mad anyway at their schedule. Everybody <laughs> does every year. He also wouldn't rule out the Bills playing opening night again this year at Kansas City, obviously, since they won the, the Super Bowl. Like, I thought that was really interesting. I, I did the research, guys. No team has ever played two years in a row on opening night and that Thursday night who didn't win the Super Bowl one of those two years. <laughs> so he actually didn't know that, but he said, okay, well, but there's a first time for everything. I don't think it's going to happen, but it is interesting that he didn't rule it out. Well, Sal, one of the things that uh, one of the nuggets that, that could impact the schedule here that, that has happened since you recorded that episode of It's Always Game Day in Buffalo is it's official with Rodgers now going to the Jets. I mean, that feels mm-hmm. to me like week one is in the Meadowlands and it's the Bills in prime time uh, on Sunday night or certainly Monday night at minimum, probably that late afternoon window on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see. I think we're certainly going to see the Jets very early season prime time. Week one is very much in. A possibility. I think it's probably maybe even more favored um, because he said fans and the country is going to be super interested in seeing J- Jets and Rogers right away to see what that looks like. So they're going to be like week one, two, somewhere in there. 
and just knowing what he said about the Bills and prime time and all that stuff, I think it's it's probably you know a, a good bet that we might see the Jets and the Bills in some sort of primetime game very early in the season, like week one or two. Maybe that Sunday night window. Maybe one of those Monday night games they you know play two sometimes. I forgot to ask him if this year they're doing that. I forgot, but I know they are doing that a few times this year. If week one is one of them again, it might not be. But the Bills member played that last year. They played that uh, that Monday night uh, doubleheader last year. So yeah. Maybe they do that again this, against the Jets this year. Big uh, big year here in uh, Rochester, so we got the PGA next month, and we get you be there. and everybody else coming back. Yeah, did you get your tickets here? You get a credential, or are you going to be there? Uh, a little bit of both, a little bit of both, yeah. So going to bring the fam up on Sunday, too, so that'll be nice. Going to awesome. get Max a chance to see some of the pro golfers. So, yeah, we're uh, we're excited about it. You know, I just hope the weather holds, and, you know, we have good golf weather in, you know, the middle of May in Rochester. You never know. <laughs> you never know, so. Well, we're looking forward to that. We're also looking forward to seeing you again at Fisher uh, in person for a training camp with that news being becoming official from the team earlier this week, Sal, and, and your coverage and everything leading up to the draft has been remarkable. We appreciate you giving us some time, as always, and let's catch up here after the draft, bud. You got it, guys. Thank you very much. You got it. There he is, Sal Capaccio. You can hear him on Odyssey Sports Sister Station, WGR in Buffalo. Also, the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast with Matt Bovey as well, where you get all the latest moves and storylines on and off the field from the Buffalo Bills. Find that in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your shows. I love the idea of the Bills drafting either a Kincaid or Mayer. Mm. I don't think either are going to be there. Well, yeah. I mean, look, Sal brings up a lot of good points, and... Marino's point about the Bills basically bailing on a pick or admitting a mistake, it it is true. I mean, that is not exclusive to the Bills. I think that's pretty much any NFL executive doesn't want to admit, hey, we might have whiffed on this one. Let me correct by drafting somebody in the first round. They traded away Cody Ford. That's where I would push back on that. So not your two, though. I think it's I think for anybody it's too soon. Like we don't really really don't know about Terrell Bernard, but they got rid of Cody Ford. So that was a that was a quick correction. They got rid of Cody Ford. They moved on from uh, Wyatt Teller was another one. They, I mean, that, they got that, something that back, was, and that was well. I think the Wyatt Teller one was they didn't know what they had, and then oops. Like Cody Ford was all no, right. You yeah, gave him every shot you needed, yeah. yeah. And he didn't want to be here. Um, great stuff from Sal. We'll get that up and available for you wherever you get your podcasts here. Also, inside the Odyssey app with Rewind, you can go back and listen to any part of the show that you may have missed for the next 72 hours. All right, we're going to take a break here. Lots to get to next during happy hour. We'll get to some news notes from around the NFL, serve up some appetizers, and a round of shots coming up as well. You can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line, 866 4F. AN award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub in the new location, 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester. GoodSmokeBBQ.com, 585-866-4326. If you want to join us with more next in the sports bar, Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 